The IU softball season came to an end on Sunday at the regionals in Tennessee. Hoosiers did not go down without fighting, which spells for the bright future in Bloomington. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? You are Locked On Hoosiers, your one and only daily IU part podcast. Excuse me. We're part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. We're free and available anywhere you guys get podcasts, including on YouTube. Uh Big shout out to you guys for making us your first listen every day. I'm your host as always, Jacob Rude. The IU softball season came to an end this weekend, specifically on Sunday in Knoxville, Tennessee against the host volunteers. It was a fun day, a fun weekend of softball for the Hoosiers with tons of drama on Sunday. If you guys didn't get a chance to tune into them on ESPN Plus, you missed a lot of fun, I would say, uh, because the Hoosiers made it for an exciting day, even though it, it looked like it was going to be a short day on Sunday. We'll start at the with the first game. They take on Louisville, a team that they beat on Friday 4-3. to They uh, jumped out to a lead, held off a comeback on Sunday. It was the other way around. It was Louisville that jumped out to the lead and the Hoosiers that needed to try to come back. And it, they left it late. Seventh inning, final frame, down to their final three outs. IU leads off. They're trailing two to one. They lead off with a pair of singles to put tying run at second base. Uh, actually, I believe the, the runners moved either on a wild pitch a steal. They were on second and third, which matters because IU went with a safety squeeze that was thrown into right field and both runners score. They end up tacking on an insurance run to take a uh, 4-2 lead. And then Heather Johnson, shout out to her. Uh, she slammed the door shut. Louisville jumped out to an early lead. Heather John- Johnson comes on in relief. Ended up pitching five innings without giving up a hit, without walking anybody, faced the minimum number of batters, and struck out seven. She was dominant when she came on in relief. To keep that game close so the Hoosiers could make that run at the end of the game, uh, to win, they beat Louisville twice on the weekend, eliminated the Cardinals, and move on to the regional finals against Tennessee. Up to that point, Tennessee had run ruled everybody. They were looking to make history. There was some discussion on it on the broadcast that it hadn't been done in some number of years that a team run ruled everybody in the regional. That's how good Tennessee was coming into this. And the Hoosiers were coming into this playing in their first regional final since 1994. It did not start off great. Uh, IU was technically the home team in this, despite it being in Knoxville. So Tennessee led off the first inning with a two-run homer. They threatened right away, got people on, uh, hit a two-run homer, and go up 2 nothing. 
Heather Johnson started the game after how well she performed at the end of uh, the Louisville game. She ended up being pulled after two innings. A couple different people uh, pitched in that game, but IU, man, they had their chances in this one. They load the bases in the first inning. Nothing comes of it. They load their bases in the second inning. Nothing comes of it. They don't score any runs after loading the bases in the first two innings. You, you can't do that and get away with it. And when you're looking to upset a team, uh, you have to take advantage of every opportunity. And IU absolutely did not. They ended up leaving nine runners on base, but six of them were in the, the first two innings. So uh, they the game stayed close uh, scoreline-wise to the fifth inning, but Indiana couldn't really get things going after those first two innings. And then eventually Tennessee blew it open as they kind of uh, everyone kind of expected them to. They scored five runs in the fifth inning. Look, credit to IU because they didn't go down without a fight. They scored three runs in the seventh inning. They made it interesting, at least made it made Tennessee think a little bit. They had a runner on, they had a, uh, obviously someone up to bat. Like it, it could have gotten even more interesting, but ultimately the volunteers do close the door and come away victors. Tennessee. I mean, IU uh, had eight hits to Tennessee's nine, uh, but Tennessee had a homer, a triple, uh, and was really slugging the ball. They're one of the best teams in the country. IU had no extra base hits. So it was a learning moment for this team. We're going to talk about that here in a moment, but it was a learning moment, but I think it was representative of this team and what the future holds for them, for them to go down fighting as they did a, a youthful team that shocked everybody and uh, fought until the very last bit. Some of that youthful energy, that youthful naivete at times, if you would say, uh, but obviously as well, that kind of youthful inexperience with not taking advantage of those, uh, first two innings and not coming away with any sort of runs you felt when those two, those two, uh, situations got away from that IU was going to regret that. And they, they ultimately did. So they end their season in Knoxville, they had a pair of postseason wins and a pair of postseason losses. They beat Louisville twice. Louisville's a good team. They lost to Tennessee twice. Tennessee's one of the best teams in the country. They're going to be at the College World Series, barring something drastic. Those losses will age well to Tennessee. A lot of teams have and will lose to Tennessee this year. But I want to talk about the IU softball team, the future that's ahead of them. We largely didn't discuss them. I certainly didn't discuss them enough this season. I'll take blame for that. But I want to look at their season, look at their roster, and look at what a bright future they have because this is very much the beginning of something special, something that should be a lot of fun and have a lot of success here in the coming years. We'll talk about that and what the Hoosiers have on deck here in a moment. Before we do that, though, let's talk about Built Bar. One of our longtime sponsors here. You guys know how much we love Built Bar because they are not your grandma's protein bar, not your mom and dad's protein bar. They are healthy and tasty. 
because they're covered in 100% real chocolate and they have all those amazing flavors we tell you about all the time. Uh, you can uh, pick them up online at built.com. You can go to Walmart and pick them up. You can go to Sam's Club and pick them up. They're available all over the place. They are, as we mentioned, the, the churro, the peanut butter brownie, the cookies and cream. They have the uh, double chocolate and the coconut puff at Walmart, the brownie batter and the churro at Sam's Club. They're healthy for you, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. These things, there is no catch with them. They're incredible. You guys need to try them out today. So you can head online, order some, and have that salivating wait where you're waiting on these uh, built Bars to show up. Or next time you're at Walmart or Sam's Club, pick them up today. Uh, try them out, and you can thank me later. Thanks to you guys for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. Everydayers, this week on the show, it's all quiet on the Western front, so to speak. So we're going to uh, really dive into some of these season recaps. Uh, tomorrow's show, we will uh, discuss um, Trey Galloway as he gets ready for a senior season in Bloomington and what he can bring uh, to this team as one of the few players with some experience so we'll discuss him in tomorrow's episode let's talk the opposite of that the opposite of experience is what this Hoosier team had this season as I mentioned they finished the year 44 and 18 18 and 5 in the conference second in the conference second in the Big Ten tourney the the team that they finished runner-up to in both Northwestern advanced out of their regional into the super regionals. Uh, it's kind of a one-off series against another super, a regional host for a chance to play at the college world series. So it was a good Northwestern team that they finished runner up to, but it's also a Northwestern team with a lot of veterans on it. As I I've mentioned a couple times, that is not what IU has. So the 44 wins are the most they've had since 1994. That was kind of a banner year for the program. In a lot of ways we mentioned that's the last time they went to a regional final. Uh, they had 49 wins that season. So that's where, if you kind of look back in the record books, that's where a lot of those records are in that uh, 94 team, uh, right around that time period. Uh, the two postseason wins, I couldn't find exact records on, on postseasons and win losses, but I used a couple times to made it out of the regional, so it's not a record, but two, going 2-2 two and two in the postseason in softball is... Like, that's good. That's very good. Uh, so all of this is, is incredible. But when you start diving in and looking at this IU softball roster, it is unbelievable how young they are and how good they were this season. We mentioned a lot, Taryn Kern, who was freshman of the year, Big Ten player of the year, unbelievable, 404 batting average, um, 942 slugging percentage, 23 homers, 68 RBIs, she struggled in the postseason, both the Big Ten tournament and the uh, NCAA tournament, but she's a freshman. Like, those learning curves are going to come. Uh, she set an incredibly high, high bar during the regular season. Obviously, she's going to be back for some time now. She was unbelievable, and she'll be back uh, this upcoming season. But 
basically everybody that contributed in a big way this season is coming back with almost no exceptions. Taylor Minnick, she was second on the team in batting, 390 batting average, uh, 717 slugging, uh, 522 uh, on base percentage, uh, 62 hits, which was only one behind Kern's 63 hits. She's a sophomore. Kenzie Mitchell, who was third on the team in batting average, who was uh, had 17 RBIs, had 53 hits. Um, she scored 26 runs. She, as well, is a sophomore. Uh, you can look at some of the pitching. Brianna Copeland. Uh, she pitched the most innings this season, 302 uh, earned run average, uh, 136 whip. She is a sophomore. Uh, Heather Johnson, who we mentioned, 118, 118 innings pitched, 3.37 e ERA. She is a sophomore. Uh, Corb uh, Bassett, who I believe was fourth on the team in batting, 319 average. She scored a uh, 67 runs, which was only behind again Taryn Kern. She's a redshirt junior. She's the old. She's the old one of the bunch as a redshirt junior. Uh, Avery Parker, a freshman who uh, was had, batted 304 on the season, uh, contributed in a number of ways. She'll be back. Sarah Stone, who quote unquote only batted 280, but had some huge hits in the postseason. In the Big Ten tournament, uh, she had 10 homers on the year, had a big one in uh, the Big Ten tournament. She was, she performed well in the postseason. Sophomore. It is unbelievable. Up and down this roster. IU did have seniors this year. I had to double check. They had four seniors this year. Uh, with I mean, they contributed, I'm sure, in a number of ways. But statistically, all of the major contributors for Indiana aren't just returning they're underclassmen they're freshmen or sophomores so iu in a number of ways gained vital experience this year they gained it during the season as they were playing they gained it in the big 10 tournament against northwestern they gained it in the ncaa tournament against louisville against tennessee that stuff is important, and it's those moments that you use to build and build and build to something bigger and bigger. This is the start of something big. Like, this team, everybody's coming back. Everybody was, uh, all of the young players, almost all the young players contributed this season. Uh, there is a ton of incredible young talent on this team. We're, I mean... IU also wasn't far off hosting a regional this year. Uh, they had a bit of a slump after their crazy long win streak. If not for that, I mean, they were the two seed in this regional, so they're not terribly far off hosting a regional of their own. Uh, that's, that's in the cards down the line, I would imagine. And based on, I mean, we have to give a hat tip to Shonda Stanton who I went way too long into this without mentioning head coach Shonda Stanton. You also factor in, I mean, she's the one recruiting these last two, these, these classes. <laughs> like if, she, if this is what she's recruiting, she's going to add more talent next season. It's a really exciting time.
for IU softball. I mentioned it uh, in our group message at the beginning of the year that I love watching softball. And I was sad that IU wasn't very good at softball. And then IU turned out to be really good at softball this year. And it looks like they have uh, as bright of a future as just about anybody, anybody in the Big Ten. Uh, and then you're starting to compete with like SEC and Big 12 schools and the elites of the elite. So I'm excited for what IU has in store. Uh, the, there didn't really seem to be any sort of uh, sadness really with the, the team this year, at the end of the game. It just seemed like excitement, excitement that they were there, excitement that they went down fighting. They, they showed some pride at the end and excitement for what the future holds. And I think that's important. It's going to be a bright future. And this weekend kind of showed where IU was at, which is still a, a level, maybe a couple levels below Tennessee, but IU's going to get there. They're going to be competing at those levels soon, I think. And what a what a fun weekend it was to to kind of showcase IU on a national level, unlike they ever really have in softball since that '94 season, which is 30 years ago. So it's going to be a fun future for the Hoosiers on that softball diamond. The baseball team they have had a a lot more success in recent years and it could have been a big big weekend for them. They stumble against Michigan state. Uh, there's a, <laughs> you can look at this glass half full or glass half empty. We'll take both approaches here in just a moment, but I want to talk to you guys. If I can get this pulled up about FanDuel, another sponsor of today's episode, the finals are almost here. Uh, I use probably, going to have an NBA champion at the end of this season. The Heat are up 3-0. Cody Zeller, active member of that team, played a role this postseason. It's awesome to watch him play basketball at this level. The Heat are at home for Game 4, probably going to finish that one off. In the other conference, the Nuggets are probably going to finish off the Lakers, if not in Game 4. That one's in LA. It's a little less certain, but Certainly, I would imagine by game five, they'll finish that one off. Thomas Bryant is on that roster. A lot less active participant. He doesn't play, but he's on the roster. He's on the bench. I've seen him with uh, my own two eyes through a television screen. But if you guys want to go bet on the NBA Finals, tune in, watch Cody Zeller, see if Thomas Bryant somehow makes an appearance, head to FanDuel to do so. Because right now, new customers... Get a no sweat first bet up to a thousand dollars. There's not a better place to bet on all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to a thousand dollars. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Let's talk IU baseball because there are a number of ways you can look at this this weekend. Ultimately, what what we know is that IU baseball has a 40-win season, which is the first one since 2018. And that is an accomplishment. The, it, it was a team that struggled in recent years. They're back at near the level that we kind of anticipate. They'll be back in the, the World Series this year. There's the second seed in the Big Ten tournament. 
another impressive feat. There's been times where they've missed the Big Ten tournament in recent years. So hats off to them for that. But they're second seed in the Big Ten tournament. And it was right there for the taking, man. They they could have been Big Ten champions this weekend. But they really fumbled this one. So they dropped two of three to Michigan State. They lost Friday. They lost Saturday. They win on Sunday. By the time they won Sunday, their fate was sealed. They were the two seed. They couldn't catch Maryland. It was kind of a quote-unquote meaningless game as much as that can be the case. But Maryland only won two of the three games in uh, against Penn State, which means if the Hoosiers win one of those games on Friday or Saturday, they share the Big Ten title. If they sweep the series, they win the Big Ten title outright. And those games were close. They were gut punches. Pitching let them down this weekend. They lost 8-6 to six on Friday in a game that they led and then gave up a pretty big uh, rally in the late innings. Uh, it was 2-2 in the 6th, and then they gave up 5 runs. Or excuse me, it was 4-2 Hoosiers uh, in the 6th. They give up 5 runs between the 6th and 7th innings. They scored a couple in the top of the ninth, but they couldn't make up the gap. That already hurt. And then on Saturday, they lose 7-6, a game that they were tied 4-4 going into the 4th. They fall behind 5-4, give up a couple more runs, 7-4. And then again, try to ninth inning rally that falls short. So they lose 7-6 and 8-6 in those two games. Um, Those are gut punches. And those are, I mean, if you want to win the Big Ten title, you can't give away games like that. And that was the difference in this, this weekend. It came down to the final weekend and IU controlled its fate and they let it slip. So ultimately, they... Finished 16 and 8 in the conference. Maryland is 17 and 7, one game better. IU had the most wins overall in the conference this year with 40, but they didn't win the the enough Big Ten games. They had too many non-conference wins and not enough Big Ten wins. So they head into the Big Ten tournament as the second seed. The Big Ten tournament starts tomorrow at 2 p.m. It's a double elimination tournament and there's only eight teams. So it's not too chaotic for it being a double elimination tournament. IU will play at 2 PM on big 10 network tomorrow. They're the second game. If they win, they play a couple days later. If they lose, they play on Tuesday. They win, they play Wednesday. They lose, they play Tuesday. Uh, they play against an Illinois team that is the seven seed. They finished 12 and 12 in the big 10, 25 and 25 overall. Uh, IU earlier in the season back in mid April, uh, lost to them seven to five. This was in Illinois and then won six, four and then 16 to three and a doubleheader uh, to take the series. Uh, This is going to take place in Omaha and that gargantuan of a field that, ugh, I don't like it, but 
Um, IU won the series against them. They would be favored in this. If they win, they take on the winner of Iowa in Michigan. Uh, they won two of three against Iowa. And then they, I don't know that they played Michigan this year. It looks like the, they did not play. I don't know if the series was canceled or if they don't play everybody or what happened there, but they did not play Michigan this year. So, uh, they'll play the winner of that and we'll go on from there. We'll keep you updated throughout the week, how the games go, but it will start on Tuesday. The Hoosiers will play, uh, It'll start on Tuesday. They play Illinois, and then Wednesday, Thursday. The it goes all the way through the twenty eighth. Uh, they spread this out quite a bit. Hopefully, rain doesn't get involved. I believe it was last year where they were playing games until three a.m. because of the weather. So we'll see how that goes. But there'll be plenty of baseball. It'll be all on Big Ten Network this week, so you guys can check that out throughout the week. Big thanks to you guys for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every day. Every dayers. Tomorrow on the show, we'll talk about Trey Galloway and his season, his improvement, and the role he's going to have next season. It's going to be interesting because we don't really know it. Uh, So we'll do all that. Bring your thoughts on Trey Galloway to tomorrow's episode. Follow us on Twitter if you have not already. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave that rating and review. You guys know how much that helps us. Uh, As always, though, guys, I hope you all have a great start to your week. And most importantly, LEO.